another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvy, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. I have a very dope show in store for you today. I am joined by the founder of Cured Nutrition, Joe Sheehy. We have a really deep conversation around Joe's growth and his life story and how that has led him to become the leader that he is today of his company, Cured Nutrition. We talk about the importance and the necessity of having strong core values, whether in your personal life or in your professional life and in your company. This was a really amazing conversation. I learned so much myself about leadership and in leading a new organization. If you are somebody who is trying to get clear on how to better lead yourself or others, this is a really, really great conversation to tap into. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you. I appreciate you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Dynamic blessings, ladies and gentlemen. I have a phenomenal guest in the building today. I've only known this gentleman for really just a couple of months. We've only had a couple of conversations, but I already feel like this is a soul brother and someone that I've known for a very, very, very long time. I am with none other than the founder of Cured Nutrition, Joe Sheehy. How you doing, brother? So good, brother. I got the chills there. You said uh, you said you said you you met a soul brother, and I feel that as well. So thank you for having me, brother. The co- the conversations that we've had so far are just so fruitful. They feel so good, and it, it's an honor to be here. So thanks for having me, brother. No, I appreciate having you. And something I'm always reminded of through these types of conversations and these types of interactions is that, man, there's so many people who are out there like me who are going after making a big difference in the world, a big difference in their own lives, and they're really following their passion and showing it through their businesses and the way that you're doing it. And something that I see so often in your work when I'm listening to you on Instagram is how you dive into leadership and how important it seems like your personal development has been in shaping your mindset and your view of leadership So I would love if you could kind of give us a little bit of like your hero's journey backstory of how you became this level of an entrepreneur, a leader, and informing the whole culture behind Cured Nutrition. Yeah, man. It's funny. I was joking about this with with my business partner the other day, and I said, I've built a multi-million dollar company twice because... The first time I built it and when we almost failed and almost went out of business. So I'm I'm speaking about cured twice. Okay. The first time we hit a multi-million dollar company, I was not the leader that I am today. The reason we almost went out of business in late 2019, early 2020 was because I'm not the leader I am today. Mm. And so there was cured version one and cured version two and there was Joe version one. Well, I can't even say version one, but version one as a, as a CEO and then Joe version two as a CEO. And it was a long time coming, man. Like I started my professional career or, or 
yeah, I guess you could call it my professional career out of college in the aerospace world. I was an aerospace engineer. I worked for the biggest defense contractor in the world. And at the time I sat in a cubicle. So I was like entry level engineer for actually seven years. I, there was some growth of myself, but I sat in a corporate culture and was in the mid, in the midst of what I thought was supposed to be my direction, my journey, my mission. Mm. As a little kid, I wanted to be an airline pilot. My dad was a pilot. Mm. My vision was terrible. So as I wanted to go into the air force or to be an astronaut, I was looking at one of the two as my eyesight became terrible in the third grade, I started to lose the idea of being able to actually have those dreams become reality. Mm. And that's what then led me down to the path of being an engineer, because if I couldn't fly the plane or if I couldn't be the astronaut, well, maybe then I could be the one that figures out how those things fly or how those mm. things get to space. Right. And that in combination with just strengths in math and science led me into engineering and then led me into the first career I had as an engineer, I barely made it into that career because mm. I almost lost my life in April, 2012. Oh, wow. I came out of a blackout on the other edge of a guardrail, standing on a bridge. My toes were hanging off the edge, came out of a blackout and I was ready to end my life. In the final years of college, I was living such a destructive life that what actually ended up happening was there was this person that I wanted to be, and then there was this person that I actually was, mm. and there was a massive gap between the two. And that gap caused so much anxiety because if you're not who you say you are, you kind of have to cover it up and that right. makes you anxious. It's like, oh, We've all felt the like, oh, I'm not in integrity right now. And if we're aware, then that should cause some anxiety, anxiety because you want to be who you say you are. Right. But for me, I didn't actually recognize that. And it became such a bad situation where, thank God, I was stopped and pulled off the bridge by somebody underneath the bridge that, that mm. early morning in April 2012 and ended up saving my life. And that wow. sparked this whole journey. So mm. thankfully I stopped making the extremely destructive decisions. I was pulled out of Boulder, Colorado. I was on the doorstep of actually making it into my engineering career, but I almost lost that. Mm. I made it into the engineering career, started pursuing true health and fitness on the side because I recognized that the destructive life that I lived in college was not getting me anywhere. Mm. And as I was pulled out of that college situation, I completely left every single friend that I had. I just had, I just had to go through like this hard reset. And as I went through that hard reset, I was like, okay, well, something that I've always been interested in is health and fitness, but I've never actually tried to push myself to an ultimate limit. Mm. And I found the, the bodybuilding world, which was a great initial savior, quote unquote, for my journey. And it allowed me to meet a bunch of great people in the health and fitness industry, but that actually became destructive for myself as well. So mm. if to summarize a short, a long story into a short, uh, snippet, I basically started pursuing this journey of personal development after thankfully being 
more or less saved from killing myself. Right. But it required so much recognition of pain that I had internally from a young age of trying mm -hmm. to prove myself. I always, my dad was, um, my dad's an amazing man. He was gone a lot of my childhood mm. as an airline pilot himself. Right. So four or five days a week, he was gone. He would come back. And every single time he came back, it was like, I had to prove myself. I had to have the lines in the lawn perfect. I had to come home with the grades because I just wanted to make my dad proud. Mm. I just wanted to make my dad proud. And that became such a internal narrative of you have to just completely destroy yourself and put everything you have into whatever pursuit it is to become recognizable, to make people proud of yourself. And I thought that engineering would make me feel that. So mm -hmm. I made it into the engineering world and I was working for a massive defense contractor in the aerospace industry. And I thought that that was like, okay, that's how I get the recognition. That's how I feel enough. That's how I can make my parents proud. That's how I can make, you know, quote unquote, like that's how I can be successful financially. Right. But after five years of sitting in that cubicle, I was like, man, like, I don't feel like I'm bringing impact to this world like I thought I would, even though I'm doing what I thought was going to make me feel that. Like I'm right. contributing to missions that are going to Jupiter and to Mars and to the moon. And that like filled up my ego. And I was like, oh, I hope that that makes me like recognizable. But it just didn't. Right. And sitting in that cubicle listening to podcasts like Joe Rogan and listening to other people that are just living this life that is one of discovery of who they truly are and like complete just, this is who I am, take me for who I am and I'll say whatever I want. And Joe Rogan's a great example of that, but there are so many people that are a great example of that. And after five, six years of being an engineer, started recognizing that I wanted to do something on my own that felt tangible to truly just like impacting people on an individual basis, but even on like a cultural and a, and a worldwide basis. And right. if I looked back at my destructive years in college that led me to the edge of the bridge, I was using every drug underneath the sun and alcohol and at the time marijuana and psilocybin. So, I actually quit everything. And I was like, I can't have any of this in my life. And then years and years down the road, when I listen to people like Joe Rogan, or I listen to other people that are like exploring true consciousness and trying to change the narrative around so many things, I was like, well, I like think that cannabis actually doesn't have shouldn't carry the stigma that it carries. And right. I remember times where I've used psilocybin where I've actually like been able to sit outside of myself and view myself from third person and recognize how I want to be a better person. So I was like looking mm. at those two things. I was like, those two things are very interesting to me. And I had conversations on podcasts, um, in, in the health and fitness world where people were kind of raising their hands saying this, they had the same interest right. and that's where cured really started to become the company that it is today. And that really was the launch pad. But when I say there's like the Joe CEO version 1.0 and mm -hmm. version 2.0, when Cured began, it was all about Joe. 
and mm. cured was not any bigger than Joe. I couldn't let it be in my head, but also just like physically, it wasn't becoming more than me. Mm. And so there was, there was this huge roadblock to recognizing that if you want to create something that is a legacy that impacts people on an individual basis, but then truly grows and becomes a movement and has the impact that you want it to have, you have to be living for something such so much bigger than yourself. So version 1.0 was micromanaging Joe. It was like having to make every single decision and not like mm. empowering others. I one that was one part of it, but I too also couldn't like speak my truth. I couldn't mm. be a real leader. Like when mm. things felt like they were going the wrong direction, what I was more worried about was being liked by my employees and the people uh, that I led rather than making the right decision. Right. So it's like this weird selfish. It was about me. I would let people do what they thought was the right thing, even though it fell off to me because all that mattered to me was feeling like I was enough to other people and not disappointing people. And so when it all came to a head after two years of being in business and me, it, it just being about me, it was about me, it was about me, it was about me. I recognized at the end of 2019 before we had to go through a massive restructuring and really focus in on what our mission truly was, what we were, what we weren't biggest roadblock was me. Mm. I was standing in the way of my mission. I was standing in the way of my own mission. I was standing in the way of cured becoming so much bigger than it was at the time. And so beginning of 2020, I like everything aligned because we went through a restructuring and a most probably one of the most uncomfortable situations of my life where I was getting rid of close friends as business mm. partners. I was laying off employees. I was restructuring the entire business because we had to just focus. But right. the issue was me. The issue was me not being the leader that I needed to be. So now when you look at what I put out on social media as Joe CEO 2.0 of Cured, it's really a combination of college experience, depression, anxiety, suicidal attempts, pursuit of health and fitness and truly feeling like I wanted and knew that I could feel, recognizing that the corporate world was not going to allow me to impact people, but then to truly build an impactful business, it had to be bigger than me. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of like steps to the person that I'm working on becoming more and more every day now. And when I share things on social media about leadership and team dynamics and building a vision and creating core values, it's all because of things I've done wrong and right. learned that you should do differently. Um, feel that. So that's, that's like a, I tried to summarize a lot in that, yeah. but there's like steps to, to really try to explain why I talk about and um, am so interested in the things that I am from a leadership perspective and business perspective uh, today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, well, first of all, Joe, I appreciate you being able to openly and vulnerably share your experience in that way because something that I truly believe in is that vulnerability is a, is a superpower. It's such a strength. And 
I think a lot of people get the definition of vulnerability wrong and they think that's like waving the white flag, giving up or someone's going to be able to harm me, hurt me. But no, in reality, when you're able to share your story in this way and people who have gone through similar experiences like you listen to this, it's like they're they're able to start to generate their own new answers and new ways Mm -hmm. of looking at things and starting to realize that they're not all alone in it. And for you to be able to share all these different aspects of your life from the dynamics of really wanting to impress your dad as a young child through, like you said, like making the lines perfectly when you go and mow the lawn and bringing home phenomenal grades and then even getting into college and starting to think about how, man, in order for me to be quote unquote successful, I need to be this type of person. Yet there is a disconnect between who you thought you were supposed to be and who you actually were at that time. And then that's what led into the the, the just really hard lifestyle patterns and the mm. potential, you know, suicide attempt and thing like that. And then you fast forward, you get into your your job working for this this huge government contractor. And it's like, man, you think, hey, if I do this for this amount of time, I'm going to have the financial success. I'm going to feel great about everything I'm doing. And it's going to really look good, the optics on the outside. And yet you got five years through and you're like, wait, this isn't it either. And then even going into Joe CEO 1.0, right? Like micromanaging has to be done this way. Cured cannot be bigger than Joe. They have to kind of be the same. Yet there's the disconnect because deep down inside, you know, like, wait, I want to grow something that's bigger than me. And that's Mm -hmm. what led you to where you are today. And one of the common things that I found in all of those different aspects of yourself and that story are two things. One, the amount of awareness that you had at even a young age was profound because you were able to see the disconnect. Maybe you weren't able to act in a way that you wanted to act right away, but you could see it, you could sense it. And to your point, that can bring up anxiety. And then two, it seemed in a lot of these different cases, there was this need for like external validation as opposed oh, to definitely. internal validation, right? And bro, I resonate. Doesn't with even that seem so like it. You're you're nailing it on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, and it's so funny, and I feel like I'm able to see that because that was me for so long in my life. Mm. It's like, you know, being a great athlete from you know from the time I was six until I graduated college at Georgetown playing football. It's like, you know, if I'm a great athlete, I'm gonna be looked at this way. If I get the best grades, I'm gonna be looked at this way. If I do this thing, I'm going to be looked at this way. And it was always for like other people and it was never for myself. And it wasn't until I had that realization of like, yo, I'm such a people pleaser mm. that it was like, no wonder I never feel satisfied with what I was doing. And it wasn't until I got into like really focusing on my health, my wellness, my personal development and truly doing it for myself to know that, okay, the better I am, to myself, for myself, with myself, the better I'm actually going to be with, at that time, my clients, right? My one-on-one clients or my group coaching clients I was working with. And now I look at it in this lens of becoming a CEO of a startup company. It's the same type of thing. It's like everything that I learned and that I went through has allowed me to get to this moment here. And for everyone listening, you know, Maybe you know Joe and maybe you've seen him online and maybe you think, oh, this guy has everything uh, in place and in order. Oh, maybe he even had an easy life. 
but you don't actually know what he went through and that it took all these trials and tribulations for him to get to the point where he is now and to have so much really we can call them failing points but to me failing is always just a time to learn and to grow right because mm-hmm. that's what allows you to go from joe ceo 1.0 to 2.0 and i'm curious now it's like what do you see is different in your ways of being and how you show up as a person and a leader today that you learned from all of these experiences of the past yeah man first off thank you for summarizing that so so well you recognize you you pinpointed so much that's so true and rings so true in that entire in that in that entire summary so i might need you to just like tour around the world with me and be like hey like Here's my summary. <laughs> Bro, I got you. Let, let me write the forward for your book when it comes out. I'll be ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to write that down right now. Damn right. Um, you know what it is, man? This has been the most crucial thing to me in the last two years is understanding what it is are my values. My mm. core to my truest center values that guide everything that I do. Mm. And you'll read in business books. Um, if you study like Jim Collins work, good to great, he's he's got a great series of books on leadership and developing missions and defining core values that core values are operating principles for businesses. When, when someone has a question, when an employee has a question on what it is they should do, to solve a problem or to take initiative, the core values are the the guiding principles that allow, but also empower your entire team to function as a well-oiled machine mm-hmm. and be so much bigger than an individual person. Because like a Bible, more or less, it's like, this is how we operate our life. This is how we make decisions. Same is true on an individual basis. You know, Mm. when you're starting a business, core values are your core values if it's just you. And to make the company bigger than you, you have to instill operating principles to allow all of your employees to be on the same boat, going in the same direction, understanding why we're doing what it is we're doing. Mm. For me, I recognized that I wasn't operating by values that were true to me i was allowing things to come in my life and frustrate me and build resentment and take me off of the path that i truly wanted to be on because i wasn't true to myself and just like you talk about taking care of yourself from a health and wellness perspective but from like a spiritual and a soul level taking care of yourself and being true to yourself means understanding what it is you value and understanding what it is you want in your life and what it is you don't want in your life and in a recent speech that i gave in arizona at this business conference, I talked about core values. And what I said was I, and maybe the listeners to this podcast can recognize this. You ever, you know, make the money, get the new job, get the new relationship and still feel like there's a hole. Well, that means that you're still searching for something Mm. and 
you haven't found it through an external manifestation of money or relationship or physical environment, whatever it is. The reason that you're still searching is because you haven't truly been living and finding alignment with your core values that are true to you on a soul level. Mm. And so when you know what it is you value, you stop searching out there and you just start editing your life. Because when you know what it is you value, you know what it is what you want in your life and what you don't want in your life. And this can sound very harsh, but if you're speaking true and living true to your values, mm -hmm. then you can make a, a decision that might have seemed difficult more simple because it's either this person in this relationship with you is in alignment with your values or they're not in alignment with right. your values. It's a yes or no. It's a binary thing. Exactly. And cutting people out of your life is a very painful thing. But if you can recognize that, hey, I value responsibility, and this person just doesn't take responsibility for anything. Mm. I'm, you may love that person, but you also have to let go of them lovingly because you have to recognize they're not in alignment with your values. And so for me, coming into version 2.0 was a recognition of I haven't operated by my values at all. Mm. And I need to make clear my true operating principles and guide everything that I do on an individual basis by those values, but also bring those right into my business and make sure that everybody understands that this mission was formed because of the values that are established for myself. But if we can all understand how these can be created within our business operating system, we can build something so much bigger than ourselves. And so for me, it was, identifying those core values. And for me, my three core values are responsibility, service, and nature. And if you were to walk through the walls of Cured, you would understand that everything we do is based on valuing responsibility, valuing service, and valuing nature. Mm -hmm. And so for example, if you were to pick nature, you'll see that Cured is a company that includes ingredients as cannabinoids and functional mushrooms and adaptogens. Those are, those are, that's nature and that's nature at its core and nature at its true power. But the second piece of that is like, what's our true nature as human beings? Mm. Our true nature as human beings is we are one. We are, we are brothers living the same existence, but just in different manifestations. We are all one as a human race. We are one, all one as a collective and we are one with nature. So if you understand that we value nature, what if we have a bunch of plastic in our products? Right. We should probably change that. We right. know how to make decisions and you could go down the line of all of our core values to understand that it's easier to make a decision when everybody understands what it is we value and everybody operates by them and you stay true to, I'm going to hire, fire, promote, and completely operate my business or my personal life by my core values. And so at the beginning of 2020, it was like, I have to be true to myself to ever feel any sense of fulfillment. But then I also have to let everybody know around me within my business and, and outside of my business that this is who it is I am. And if you're not in alignment with those, that doesn't mean that I don't love you, but it just means that I have to 
go in a separate direction because when I don't operate by my values, I feel this dissonance that makes me feel so untrue to myself mm. and starts to create anxiety, which can lead to depression and which can lead to this loss of loss of direction. Like I'm not going the way that I want to go. Mm. And so core values have been everything for me. Um, I speak about them all the time. That's part of the through line for, you know, the reels and stuff that I put out on Instagram. But without core values, our company would not be what it is today. Mm, that's powerful, extremely powerful. And I love everything that you're saying about core values because I'm very big into core values as well. And the way that I look at it is very similar to you where it's like, you know, my core values, those are my, that's like my North Star. It's like mm. at any point, if I'm feeling lost, I can look directly to that and know how to course correct in that moment. And it's interesting how to me, life experience is something that creates core values. And it's so funny, like one of my personal ones that I never had before that I completely took for granted until COVID pandemic times happened was freedom. Mm. And I just never valued my freedom because I took it for granted because it was never challenged one mm. time, right? So I love how you talk about core values. And I'm curious, for say for the listeners right now, because what I, I don't know how your experience has been, but I found that the majority of people that I talk to, they don't have true core values that are in alignment with them. It's more so core values that just, you know, they sound good, right? It it's sounds like, like a good it, word. It, you, yeah. it just sounds like a good word. You know, I see, oh, I see Apple uses that word, so I'm going to use that word or whatever. Or maybe it's politically correct or it's something where, yeah, if someone else heard this word, they would think that I'm a good person because of it. And again, Nothing wrong with that if it's true for you, but if it's not, that misalignment is going to cause a lot of turbulence in one's mm -hmm. personal life, professional life, or both. So I'm curious for you, it's like, what can that process look like for somebody who doesn't have core values that wants to instill some? How can they go about that process? What have you found works for you? Yeah. Well, you nailed it on the head with sharing how much you recognize you value freedom through the course of COVID and everything that COVID brought to our world. And in that is such a crucial answer to that question, because if you don't necessarily know what it is you value, the best place to start is to understand what it is you don't want in your life. Mm. You, so many people didn't want to be controlled and to be told what to do and to be stripped of their rights and freedoms during COVID that so many people started to recognize how much they truly value freedom. Right. So let's take responsibility. For example, one of the things that can frustrate me more than anything is if I walk into our office, and I see the chairs all disheveled. I see trash on the table. I see lights left on. To me, that's not a very responsible way of operating. Um, one, I don't want to pay for the electricity when we don't have to pay for it. Two, right. if you operate by standards of saying that it's okay to have the chairs not pushed in and for the desk to not be organized. Well, how you do one thing is truly how you do everything. So how is that going to reflect how we operate as a team? 
I recognize that I value responsibility so much because if we're all responsible for what's in our personal sphere of influence, then right. that extends out into how we operate as a team. And we can go so much further, so much quicker because we're organized, we're responsible. And when mistakes happen, they're corrected so much quicker because somebody takes responsibility for them. But at the end of the day, when I talk about having to restructure my business, I had to be responsible for everything. I had to take extreme ownership. Mm, so right. the best place to start when you want to establish your core values is to truly understand what it is you don't want in your life. Understand what it is on a day-to-day -day basis that might actually frustrate you. I have a friend that one of their core values in his business is constant collaboration. So imagine you're sitting as a team and you're working on figuring out how we're going to establish a certain marketing campaign or uh, building a certain system within the business. And you're sitting around a table and one person keeps getting text messages and they keep looking at their phone. And my friend Jordan values their business values, constant collaboration. Well, in the midst of that situation, when the individual's on their phone, are they collaborating with the team or are they operating on an individual basis? So right. it would be frustrating to see that that happens, but that's how you can start to, that's an example of how you can start to recognize what it is you value. And I'm talking in like a business sense, right. but in a relationship sense, it could be the same thing in a personal relationship on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, Hey, like, do you truly value, uh, your significant other, you come home and your significant other has scheduled a date and you guys didn't even talk about it. Well, it sounds like you really value initiative. You really value like your significant other doing something that you guys didn't even talk about and they just took initiative. So right. what you need to recognize is on a day-to-day -day basis, what makes you feel filled up and excited and like, Oh wow. Like that feels really good. You have to have that awareness of what makes you feel really good. And sometimes it's hard to feel that. So the best place it would be to start with what makes you frustrated? Because if you aren't living in alignment with your values, you're probably frustrated and there's probably several things that are causing that. So the best place to, place to start is figuring out what makes you frustrated. And then even more than that, what I shared with you as our company valuing nature, that's how we operate our business is if we're not truly putting into our products, uh, immense amount of integrity when it comes to ingredients and delivering our products to our customer with the most minimal amount of plastic possible, then we're not valuing nature. So mm -hmm. how is it that you want your life to operate on a day-to-day -day basis? Do you want to have a routine that's structured that allows you to be organized or do you value fun? Like, do you just want, do you just want to have fun? Does that matter to you? Because if fun matters to you, then maybe you're not going to take a job that's going to require you working 80, a hundred hours a week because you don't have the ability to go have fun. And that might even be a freedom value. You don't have the freedom right. to go out and do what you want to do on a day-to-day -day basis. So hopefully that makes sense about how to establish core values. You have to look at how you want your life to operate, how you want your business to operate, how you want people to be surrounding yourself. 
And then also just, you know, starting with, if that doesn't make sense, just starting to become aware of what makes you frustrated and your value is opposite of that frustration. Right. No, I think that's beautifully said and it makes perfect sense. And, and one of my friends, uh, Sarah, actually shared something very similar with me a while back. And it's this whole idea of like, to your point, if you're frustrated or you find that something's frustrating you, it's because it is literally going against one of your core values, right? Mm -hmm. It's literally going against it. So a great first place to start is to realize like, hey, where are things starting to frustrate you, right? So like if you have, if you notice that your friends are constantly late to being at the place that they say they're going to be or showing up at the time they say, well, it might be, hey, like you really value integrity or you value people being their word things of that mm -hmm. nature. So mm -hmm. a great place to start is literally just notice like what frustrates you, mm -hmm. what gets you upset. And then just like Joe just said, it's like, what's the opposite of that then? Right. If someone was doing it the right way and it made you happy, what would that thing be? What would that way of being be? And you would just start there and simply work with that. So I think that's a phenomenal, phenomenal way for someone to think about it. If they're feeling lost, a question that I have and this is me putting on my, you know, my entrepreneur hat and getting ready to build a business where there's four of us right now. And we actually just went through the exercise of going through our core values. And I'm curious on when you're onboarding new people and as your company's growing and you're finding the right people, what's your process of seeing how their individual values match up with your company values? That's a great question. So I highly recommend to the listeners reading a book called The Attributes by Rich Devaney. He was, so the Navy SEAL that killed Osama bin Laden named Rich Devaney the greatest SEAL he's ever known. So that's saying who Rich Devaney is. He wrote this book called Attributes and it's, and it's discusses the difference between attributes and skills. For most of our I don't know. Maybe most businesses still hire off of skills. They look at a resume and they say, oh, this person has this skill. Mm -hmm. What we need to understand is that skills can actually be taught, but attributes are inherent to the person. They're who they are at their core. Mm. And for me, what I do in the interview process is I try to uncover attributes. I don't try to understand their skills. So an attribute could be one of the, one of the 25 uh, attributes in Rich Devaney's books is uh, compartmentalization. So mm. if I, in an in a interview question, tried to figure out if this person could take a str stressful situation, compartmentalize it, and still be able to show up and, and, and do their role, do their job. Um, one of the questions that I had just asked in a recent interview was discussing how this person would correct a situation based on a package not being delivered to our customer and the way that she answered. So we ship packages all over the nation, thousands of packages a month. The way that she answered, she said, I'll drive it to them. I said, you're hired yeah, because, because you're so, you're so disciplined. Like, I don't care how it, it's going to, I don't care what it's going to take to get it to this person. 
this attribute is that you are going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. So mm. I try to interview and pull out attributes from the person. Skills are important, right? Like you, it, it's nice to have someone come in and have a certain skill set that's something that is in cohesion with how you operate certain systems of your business. But you have to also understand that you can teach skills. Right. And, and I don't believe that our, I mean, for example, like in my engineering, uh, in my engineering degree, when I went into the corporate world, I, I used some things that I learned, but I ended up learning everything at the business. And I think you'll hear most people say that is like, you learn like theory and concept in school, but then like you get into the actual workplace and you're like, well, they didn't teach me any of this in school. I'm learning the skills that they need in this position. So you can learn and develop skills, but attributes are something that you can, uh, you can develop and you can improve upon them, but most of them are core to the human and what they are. So, and, mm -hmm. and, and who they are as a person. So it's, it's kind of similar to a core value, but right. what I can do in an interview is discuss our, I can look for the alignment with a core value by asking situational questions that pull out an attribute from the person that is like, oh, this is a responsible person or exactly. this person, like one of our core values is service. And so we have responsibility, service and nature, but underneath those core values, we have, we have statements. So the mm. statements are under service, go the extra mile and do what's right. And mm. when I asked this individual the question, what would you do in this situation? And she said, I would drive it to them because I, I framed the situation that this person is somebody that has been on a sus subscription for a really long time. They take this product religiously, almost like it's their prescription medication. Of course mm -hmm. it's not, but like they treat it in that way. And so right. they've been on a su subscription for years and they expect to have it received on this same day every month. Like this person needs this. And for her to answer it in the way that she did, she wasn't thinking like, oh, I have to drive to Maine. I have to drive to Florida from Colorado. She was like, I will do whatever it takes. I will go the extra mile and I will do what's right, right off the bat. So yeah, alignment, try to find alignment with core values by asking a situational question that pulls out an attribute from that person that allows you to go check. This person is exactly what we need. They're going to be in alignment with, with how we want to operate our business. And I've failed on this a lot. So that's the only reason <laughs> I know how to do that now. Oh man, no, that's perfect. And it's so great the way that you, you set that up with that story. Cause literally as you were describing attributes, I went right back to that woman that, that you just hired. And I could see in that it's like, oh yeah, responsibility and service right away because the package, no matter whose fault, quote unquote, fault it was that it got lost, she was taking it upon herself the responsibility of making sure that it gets to that person. And again, that's providing phenomenal service, making sure mm -hmm. that it gets there. So I really like this connection that you put together of, hey, you find the attributes through the questions that you're asking this person and then understand that those attributes are if it's a great fit, there's alignment, it's going to fall right under specific core values listed out. 
Yeah. Because she didn't say, I'm going to open a case with UPS and I'm going to try and figure out what they did to mess up. She said, I don't care what happened with the carrier, even though it was probably something that happened with the carrier. Mm -hmm. She took full responsibility for what it is that we are committed to delivering on. So, yeah, man, it's it's super cool. I love it. Like, I've just been learning this like over the last like really year and a half. And that mm-hmm. book, The Attributes by Rich Davini is, is great. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And I think for everyone that's listening, you know, as you can tell, like like Joe is not only a a lifelong learner, but he's a he's a and he applies it. Right. Yeah. He takes it. Cause that's what I, what I think it's lost. Like when I think about my own life and things that I used to do that wasn't super effective is that I would gain all this information right like that mental masturbation but then Mm -hmm. not do anything with it right and to your point it's the difference between you know theory and application it's like you get to take these things as you learn joe and you're starting to apply it in your business and you're seeing how that's allowing your business to grow so i'm curious like what are you seeing it's like the big differences in how your business is operating when there was joe ceo 1.0 running the show versus 2.0 like kind of let us under the hood a little bit if you will on how business has been improving as you made these improvements in yourself as ceo yeah 100 percent. so version 1.0 if you think about like a funnel and me sitting at the bottom of the funnel and all the work flowing down through the funnel but coming to a neck which was Mm. me a bottleneck which was me that's how the business used to operate in version 1.0 because it was like everything has to go through me. I have to make sure that this is going on and this is going on and this is going on and I check off on it. And now with version 2.0, it's almost like there's no like actual real like shape that the business fits in. There's clear paths that each department have to take mm-hmm. and there's no friction on those paths. Like mm. there's no Joe friction, I should say. I got there's you you know, it's business is hard. There's always going to be problems. We're always going to run into things, but we, we have, this is actually really wild to think about in version 1.0 of the business, the first multi-million dollar company, we had 13 employees. I have seven employees right now. We're doing more revenue and we're operating faster and we're making so much more progress and momentum Mm -hmm. compared to version 1.0 with half the employees. Wow. So the company is, has less overhead. We're moving much quicker and every single one of my employees talks to each other through the frame of core values. So they also like, Oh, cool. Like we, we can talk to each other in so much more of an efficient way and we can understand why somebody's making a certain decision Mm -hmm. and everybody's empowered. Everybody is empowered to go after what it is the goals are. When we build a new system or we pursue a new avenue, I'm like highly involved in that because I'm like, okay, this is like a new process. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to solve problems. So I'm pretty involved in that. Mm -hmm. But then as we get a, a system developed, Everybody is just off to the races with building that system, allowing it to go forward. And man, you know what? Like this last year, there's been tough times in business. Like Q3, Q4, the iOS updates were heavily a digital company. The iOS Mm -hmm. updates were hard for us. Mm -hmm. Um, News cycle is hard for us. Like 
the war in Ukraine, like it, it, if you don't have your blinders on and are so focused on what it is, your mission, mm. you I don't think businesses will make it through this time. It's right. not an easy time to be in business. You know, three, four or five years ago where you could post one thing on Instagram and have a hundred sales, like those days are gone. So now it requires much more, uh, ingenuity and creativity and so the main difference between the two versions is the way that the team is operating the way that momentum is created and not stopped by me the bottleneck but by a team of people enabled and empowered to make decisions and understand that they're going to make wrong decisions they're going to fail and they're not going to be docked for it because under responsibility, one of the core values is take initiative. So even if they were to fail, they took initiative, they were in alignment with the core values and we learned from it and we made more progress. So I would say the biggest thing is team dynamics, momentum and clear direction without Joe having to micromanage. Right. Which is not a good not a good thing to do. <laughs> no, I hear that, man. I hear that. And it's really cool to hear how once you started to change yourself and like you talked about this funnel and how when you were more of that micromanaging role, it's like you have this big funnel, but it all bottlenecks to you eventually. Mm -hmm. And it's like upon you to have to approve every process, get things going. And you realize pretty quickly that it wasn't as effective as it could be. And I think it's interesting, too, to listen to how you changed up your team from these 13 people where there's a certain percentage of those 13 who were not a great fit in terms of core values and being in alignment and then now having these seven people where you know you're trusting all of those people you're empowering those people to carry out whatever this new system is and when you have it built into the core values that you can take initiative and it's okay if you fail right like there's going to be learning and all that stuff from it now your employees aren't afraid to make a mistake right mm -hmm. i played sports growing up so if i just look at my football career i look at myself because now i just do a ton of reflecting on me and it's like i can see how i never not never but for the most part i didn't play to my highest potential because i played with this idea of like oh i don't want to make a mistake mm. right if i make a mistake if i'm a d lineman and i get in the wrong gap coach is going to pull me out the game right or like if i try to do a technique that's not just right by the book perfectly and i do something else and i don't get the result that i wanted i'm gonna get pulled out the game and i remember vividly my last game of college we're playing at home against bucknell and i knew it was my last game i just didn't give a fuck i was like yeah i'm just gonna go out and ball i'm just gonna it's my mm -hmm. last time ever playing and i literally had the best game of my career and like yeah it was a great feeling to have that great game but then, you know, I used to beat myself up a lot of this part of my life. I remember thinking as a 22-year-old, I'm like, damn, like, did I really just go four years of not giving it my all because I was afraid to make a mistake? Hmm. And I had that realization, but I, I still lived a lot of my life, I would say, from even that 22 to, like, 26, where it was like, hey, like, don't make a mistake. People, please do all of that. And it wasn't until I really dove into the personal development and my own journey that I realized like, yo, like as long as I'm in integrity with myself, I'm living by my core values, I'm living in alignment, like go after all of it. And if, it, if I get the result, great. If I don't get the result, also great. Let me learn about that. But at the end of the day, what's happened, it's allowed me to live with a lot more 
flow, a lot more freedom. I've been getting a lot of things done. And now I've, I've empowered myself to play big. So I think it's really cool to hear your story in business and how it was in your personal life and then look back to you know my football career, also my early entrepreneurship career and just where I'm at now and just see how like, gosh, there's so much that we can learn from our own experiences and the experience of others. Do you, I'm curious, can you look at your football career and identify if there was a time in which coaches or somebody made it clear that you're not allowed to make mistakes or do you would you look back even further to like childhood or growing up that and identify that that might have and maybe you don't know now but I'm just curious if you could like identify where that might have came from because yeah because because when I hear that I just look at myself and I look at my lack of leadership didn't used to allow my team to take initiative and it was because of me it was because that i would come down really hard on somebody i would embarrass mm. them i would you know whatever it is i would be like i wouldn't allow them to know that it's okay to take initiative regardless of whether they fail or don't right yeah no it's a great question no, i remember it vividly actually um as it pertains to my football career because for me football in high school and football in college were like a complete 180. Like when I was in high school, team captain, I was the man. A lot of people looked up to me, one of the best people in my county, and I would just go out and just ball. And then when I got to college, it's like I remember vividly very early on. It was more so my sophomore year that it really uh, sunk in. But, you know, I, if I did something that wasn't like exactly what they wanted, like something they call in football gap integrity. So it's like mm -hmm. if you're, if you're a D lineman, a linebacker, even a, a in the secondary, if there's a run play, there's a specific gap that you have to be in. Right. And the whole idea is like, if all the gaps are filled, nothing can kind of get through. Right. Which sure. is kind of synonymous and how we look at business and certain things. But what happens is like, there's this thing in football when you're a D lineman where it's called backdooring a block. Meaning this guy is this old lineman is trying to get basically to the spot that I'm trying to get to before me, but I can kind of just go behind him real fast and then make up ground behind him and still mm -hmm. make the play. Mm -hmm. So there was a couple times where I would do that and I would make the play. But if I didn't make the play, like, bro, I'll get chewed out right away, mm -hmm. embarrassed about it, all of this. So I realized like, oh, okay, like this isn't okay. But then what really fucked me up was when, another teammate of mine who's extremely talented he was younger than me though extremely talented and he would do it all the time and the coaches would never reprimand him for it and that's mm. like the first time i started to realize like oh like there's a double standard here and again that's not anything i had any control over but at the time i didn't have that type of awareness and bro i used to just get so pissed off about it that i went from being this guy who in high school was like the leader of the team would rally everybody like, yo, follow my lead. I walk my walk. I talk my talk, all that stuff. And that changed to getting into college and just being like bitter, being like, nah, there's double standards. Coaches don't know what they're talking about. You know, fuck this coach. Fuck that coach. I'm going to do what I want. If you don't like it, whatever, don't play me. I'm too cool. I don't care. I'm not going to get mad. But in reality, I'd be pissed. I'd be so upset. Wow. And it turned into me being like, really a bad apple on the team for really like two, three years. And I could have easily gotten kicked off the team many a times, but you know, I had 
friends that were on the team that would like basically talk to the coaches be like no nah, like we got them like we'll do this all this at the other and it's funny to look back and to see the level of growth of you know how it really took me understanding that football is so much like life like i used to hear that all the time playing sports growing up it's like yeah sports is so much like life like da, 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 all the lessons but whatever i wasn't thinking about it then but now as i got older i just realized like so many of the lessons that i took from the game i have in life now and i can actually see it and that's one of the things i realized was like for me it was this discrepancy that i saw and like hey you're the coach you're telling all of us we're supposed to be doing this but you're allowing this other person to do it, but I can't. And I mm. saw I saw that misalignment, and I was like, oh, that's messed up. But in reality, I can look at more situations now, and not everything is cookie cutter. Like, there might be a little bit of nuance into something. But again, when we bring it back to the core values, if everyone's marching to the same beat, if everyone understands, like, hey, this is the standard, maybe the way you fit within the standard might look a little bit different, but if you're consistently in here, then, hey, we're going to be OK. We're going to thrive. And, you know, people are going to look at leadership and like respect leadership and leadership's going to look at, you know, the people under them and have a lot of, you know, respect and give them autonomy and understand they're going to do the right thing and not be, you know, penalized for being innovative, thinking outside the box or anything like that. That's so interesting it's so it's it's awesome and i think that we don't recognize that recognize the full dynamics of situations until we can reflect back on them so when you're in it it's kind of like hard to recognize but that's the whole thing with core values is like i'm curious if core values were established if it would have been able if you would have been able to to speak to the coach in a way with like hey like this is what I recognize is going on and this is what we value. And it doesn't feel like to me that's in alignment with this value. That's what I always shared is like difficult conversations are always going to be difficult. The difficult conversations are never going to be easy, but difficult conversations through the frame of core values can be simplified because it's a simple concept of alignment or lack of alignment and it's separating the person it's separating like the person from the behavior so you're not saying right. like coach you're like a terrible coach like i hate that you do this what you're saying is hey coach like we as a team have these values and it feels like to me this isn't in alignment with those maybe you can't hear me right now so i just wanted to like share that and maybe we could touch base on this in a couple of weeks and we can reflect on it and then like if you recognize that that you were heard and understood and you can come together and like make forward progress, then that's great. But then also if, if, if it's a no, then you also can make a decision of like this, this isn't for me. And we're speaking it through the lens of football, but it's the same thing with any team dynamic. It's the same thing with any relationship. It's the same thing, um, with anything in life really. So framing things through core values makes difficult conversations, more simple the conversation is still going to be difficult for sure for sure because there's definitely a a distinction between something being simple and something being easy right yeah Yeah, big 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 distinction there and yeah it makes sense and i love this idea of like how you talk about it separates the person and the behavior because when we look at the core value like that's the thing like that's like it's binary like you said earlier you know it's very black and white like this is what it is and then now how can we 
take a step back, look at the individual and give the individual the opportunity to be like, okay, how are you acting in accordance to that? Because mm-hmm. perspective is a funny thing too, right? So I think it takes a level of open-mindedness to be able, not open-mindedness, just openness, to be able to take a step back and try to disassociate the facts from the interpretation of the facts, yeah. right? Because perspective is funny like that. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. And, and you know, this is such a great conversation because I, I know you've been doing this for some time. And what I love about these types of conversations and growth in general is like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't know if anyone's necessarily like reinventing the wheel, but it's almost like the messaging that we can get from others can be so powerful because so many of us are saying so many of the same things, but sometimes it might take Joe saying it for it to land, or maybe it takes Alvy saying it to land or our friend Chris to say it to land. And as long as we get more and more of these types of conversation and these words out there, it's going to provide the more opportunity for the listeners to find it, embody it. And if they so decide to like use it in their own life. So I'm hoping from this conversation, if there's anything you can take away, it's like one, like get very clear on what your core values are, right? From there, like really get clear on why are those really your core values? Are they truly yours? Or did you see it on like a Hallmark card? Like, Mm -hmm. let's be real about it. Right. And then from there, it seems like it's a practice to be able to consistently use those core values of a, as a filter to constantly check in with your own actions as a leader, your actions of your employees, or if it's in other parts of life, the actions of your significant other, friends, family, whoever it is, and be able to use that as the guiding light as opposed to just our own emotions at a specific time. Yeah. And it requires so much grace. One of the mm. reels that I recorded several weeks ago was as you start to identify what it is you want your core values to be, or as a parallel example, as you read a book or you listen to this podcast and you hear a concept that you want to try on for yourself, becoming a book doer is like a statement that you've maybe heard. So you, you read the book, but then you go do it. But the first time you do it, the first time you try to take a concept here and actually enact it in your life. It's like my one-year-old daughter trying to walk for the first time, because Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're walking in that new version of yourself for the very first time. And it's Mm going to be clunky. You're going to trip. You're going to fall. You're not going to execute it perfectly, but Mm -hmm. you have to be going, keep going because my daughter and all babies learn how to walk eventually, right? But it's very clunky. They fall, they hurt themselves, they get back up, they try it over and over again. Sometimes they need to hold on to something, but you have to step into that next version. You have to take the lesson from the book, from the podcast, from the conversation, and actually enact it. Because the only way to actually become that new version of yourself is to go through the clunky implementation phase. And it's gonna be clunky and it requires grace. Mm, I love that. And for, for the listeners, how would you define grace? Yeah, I would say that grace is, I think there's two pieces of it. The grace is the recognition that you tried something that you wanted to try. You may have failed it, but you love yourself for trying it. 
Mm. So that's in that example, like give yourself the ability to still be okay with the result, even though the result wasn't what you were looking for, but because foundationally you operated in the way that you wanted to, or maybe the intention was there. Like the intention was Mm. to do something, but the actual action looked a little bit different. But if you kept the intention, you got to give yourself the grace, the love and the recognition that you are trying and you're going in the right direction. And it may not look exactly like you wanted it to the very first time. So I don't know mm. if that's the best way to, to define uh, it, but that's kind of how I, I think it. about it in my head. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, for me, a, a big thing that I hear in there, it's like, don't be so attached to the result. Rather, be in love with the process of it. Like, mm-hmm. understand if your intention is there and you're going through the journey, you're over time going to get to the result right just like your one-year-old daughter it's like she's gonna get to walking right and it takes the falling and this that the other and to me the falling is what makes the walking so enjoyable 100 percent, right 100 percent. so whatever whatever process you find yourself going through right now whatever change that you're looking to make give yourself grace like joe said because it's different it's foreign you know what I'm saying? Your your body has to get used to it. Your mind has to get used to it. Your spirit, all of it. And going through that process and eventually getting on the other side, you only truly enjoy it because of everything you went through to get to the other side. So give yourself that 100%. grace and that love as you're falling, man. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, you can't feel the highs without feeling the lows, right? A hundred percent. You wouldn't know the difference. Exactly, exactly, right? And that's why I think polarity is such a... It's such a profound and important concept because, yeah, to your point, what would I know what it's like to be, you know, happy if I didn't know it was like to be sad or angry or whatever it is? Like all of it serves its purpose. It's just a matter of for at least for me, my perspective, how am I perceiving it? How am I working with that? And ultimately, how is that learning going to take me to the next place? Yeah. 100% brother love it Uh, big love big love Joe man I appreciate all of your time where can everyone listening find you online and all over yeah yeah thank you for that so Joseph Sheehy on Instagram so that's my full name J-O-S-E-P-H last name S-H-E-E-H-E-Y and if you're looking for anything from cured it's cured nutrition c-u-r-e-d nutrition on instagram you got to type out the whole thing because big tech is actually uh shadow banning us right now uh because we're a marijuana related business we have cannabinoids in our products but it's all for for calming recovery and sleep so type out type in the whole thing you'll find everything cured and uh if you want to reach out to me personally feel free to do so on instagram love chatting it up with anybody that listens to podcasts and uh is on the same journey man Absolutely. We're all out here trying to make it. It's just real quick because we didn't get to dive into this, but I would love for you to talk about the Cured Nutrition, the brand, the products, what they're up to. Because we we touched on how cannabis and, and psilocybin has a profound impact on your life, and it's done the same for me. You know, I would love to just hear a little bit more just about the company, the types of products you're providing, what they can be good for, all of that. Yeah, so... High-level overview, we're a company that is developing the future of supplementation, and our philosophy in designing designing products is grounded in traditional Chinese medicine. So we include ingredients like functional mushrooms, like 
any array of adaptogens uh, like ashwagandha, valerian, passionflower, go-to cola, rhodiola. Those are all adaptogens. And then cannabinoids, the wide array of cannabinoids in the cannabis plant, CBD, THC, CBG. Those are what we call our nature uh, nature sourced ingredients. And what we try to do with our supplements is we try to enhance all aspects of the daily human experience. So think about what any human has to do on a day to day basis. They have to be stress resilient. They have to, uh, sit down and they have to perform in some type of a, a way. So it's cognitive enhancement and energy, then recovery and sleep. And we have gut health and immune support products. So Think about a traditional supplement company and think about Cured creating the future of what supplements are going to look like founded on those ingredients that I believe so much in. And it's more or less a traditional Chinese medicine approach. And that's a high level overview. If you go to curednutrition.com, you'll see all the different form factors. We have drinks, capsules, oils, top, topicals, um, all to allow you and enable you, the consumer, to live at your what we call elevated existence in your mm. optimal form. So that, that's us. I love it. I love it. And I can speak to some of the products. I mean, I absolutely adore the, uh, the topical CBD. Mm. I mean, I put that on before and after I played basketball and man, like the first week when I was playing, like my joints were killing me. And it's like now between using that, between getting my body more used to it and all of that, it's man, it's night and day difference where I wake up the next day. I'm like, Oh, I could play again if I wanted to. Yeah. So I love that. I and was then, sleeping on that product, man. I yeah. hurt my back last weekend and I've been putting oh, come it on, on now. crazy. I'm like, it feels better. <laughs> yeah. bro. And so it, I think it's magic. And then my fiance loves the CBN. Like oh, she's amazing. been sleeping For super sleep. well, waking up really refreshed. And like, and it's awesome. Cause you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we both like to smoke as well, but sometimes, you know, with smoking, you know, we both could wake up like a little too groggy, mm -hmm. right? Or mm -hmm. like, you know, we don't have our dreams and things like that. So this has been like a really cool alternative to like help relax at the end of the night, wake up being extremely refreshed. So really dope, man. I really appreciate you Amazing. having products like this out because, man, the supplement industry is something right now that I really feel like is shifting for the better. There's a lot of stuff out there that's still like how it's always been in the past. But there's a lot of consumers like myself who are really looking for the best because we only want to put in and on our body, the best things there are. So really appreciate you for that. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And uh, much to come, much yeah, to come right. with us, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all be on the lookout for all of that because it's coming. <laughs> well, Joe, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you for your time. And thank you for sharing all this wisdom with us. We'll do it again. Thank you for having me, brother. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.